With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're listening to Mind Medicine. Mind Medicine. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. Welcome to the Mind Medicine Program. I'm your host, Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur. And here I am in Melbourne where it's 7 p.m. Sunday night. We've shifted the show from Saturday afternoon to Sunday evening. It's great to be with you. This show is all about how and why mind matters and how to keep yours in great shape. Ideas to provoke new ways about thinking about your life and life generally. Insights into mental health issues and health issues of all descriptions. And to that end, we're delighted to bring this show to you in association with Mind Medicine Australia. It was is a wonderful not-for-profit organisation. In fact, it's a charity founded by Tanya de Jong and Peter Hunt four and a half years ago, fighting for the legalisation of psychedelic drugs. And the great news is that from the 1st of July this year in Australia, and this is a leading-edge development globally, Australia is a leader in this. MDMA and psilocybin psychedelic drugs were both approved when prescribed by psychiatrists. MDMA for post-traumatic stress disorder and psilocybin for depression. Now, this is wonderful news. It was a huge job to get these psychedelic drugs down scheduled from Schedule 9 to Schedule 8. Psychiatrists can prescribe it and any of any of your family and friends who are suffering from mental health issues, um, depression particularly that is is proving intractable, please go and get a psychiatrist's prescription so that you can help them. These psychedelic drugs do wonderful, wonderful things compared to pharmaceutical drugs. So, well done, Mind Medicine Australia. Go to its website mindmedicineaustralia.org. There are programs for psychiatrists, for health professionals of all descriptions, because the mental health challenge that we face both in Australia and globally requires these wonderful, wonderful psychedelic drugs to be made available. Now, we talk about mental health is the Mind Medicine Program, but we take health of all descriptions. And my definition of health, and I urge you to think about what yours is, but mine is based on the Hungarian word for health, which is egészség, which means wholeness, being whole. And so my definition of health is it's the unique, optimal balance for you of mental, physical, and spiritual elements. And if any one of those three is out of sync, then you would not consider yourself healthy. So this is the show you come to to get new insights into how do you get that wholeness into your life. My guest this week is Beverly Holt, a highly experienced health and well-being expert, and she deals in mental, physical, and spiritual elements. So I look forward to my discussion with her today. This show also talks about passion and its impact on your life and your health. And my proposition to you is this, and I'm an expert on passion. I've been an expert. I've been I've been Australasia's passion provocateur for 30 years now. Is because passion comes from your soul, and my in my two books, Passionate People Produce and Passionate Performance, I explore this, 
Passion comes from your soul, which is where love comes from. Fear comes from your mind. The more passionate you are, the less mental health problems you will have. There's my promise to you. So if you don't know what you're passionate about, take the steps. Get my books. Read them. Give me, Send me an email. Contact me. I can give you clues on how you or those near to you can discover their passion. Well, before I introduce Beverly Holt to you, as I said, at 7 p.m. Sunday evening, it is 8 a.m. in the UK. It is midnight, Saturday night in LA. So all those people driving home from parties in LA, I hope you're having a great time and you're tuned in now to get some ideas on how to have a great Sunday morning after midnight. So there's a couple of matters I want to bring to your attention. A whistleblower, Liz Gunn, has come out uh, in New Zealand pointing out the excess deaths data since the jabs were introduced. By the way, I point out, of course, that at 6.09 p.m. Sunday evening in Brisbane, the home city of TNT Radio. So how could I forget that? We are in Melbourne one hour ahead of Queensland. Some people say one hour and 40 years ahead. But anyway, I'm being playful. So New Zealand excess deaths, the data is coming out. Australia's excess deaths are ridiculous right around the world. The countries that had these COVID jabs, excess deaths are way through the roof, ridiculously high, and mainstream media ignores it, governments ignore it. And indeed, in yesterday's um, Australian newspaper, Australian newspaper, holding it up now, diabetes, the diabetes disaster. They pretend to be concerned about health, but the fact is they're not because if they were genuinely concerned in the government about health, then they would do something about the damage that's been done from these COVID jabs. To that intent, I've been in, I'm, a, I'm the treasurer of the Australian Vaccination Risks Network Limited, an organisation founded in 1994, pushing back against the vaccination of children. And we have been participating in cases, gone to the High Court to protect children from these dangerous jabs. And the High Court refused to hear the case. The full federal court in Australia claimed there was no standing. And Bobby Ann Cox, a New York attorney, has just had on appeal the Second Circuit New York uh, Appeals Court say that congressmen in the or, or uh, representatives in the New York State Parliament do not have standing to raise complaints about the constitutionality of laws forcing people to be jabbed or go into literally confinement, into quarantine. These courts, everybody, we need to follow the behaviour of these courts because they are denying the proper application of law. I say they've been politicised. I say in many cases the courts are being corrupted by political purposes. And to think about how the Australian High Court has now created havoc in this country with people who are being released, criminals being released from, from jail on an interpretation of human rights and then not defending, not protecting the human rights of children not to be jabbed is disgusting in my view. 
disgusting. And all of us need to take an interest in this because I promise you the courts, and I was a lawyer for 20 years, I've been a legal strategist, the courts respond to what the public want. You need to understand that if we shut up and let the courts do what they want, they will continue to be ever more politicised. I went to the launch, book launch this week of more books by Ian Plymer, Australia's foremost geologist, and he's properly pointing out that there is no climate emergency. And that's my mantra. I love the planet. There's no climate emergency. Do not get sucked in by this madness. If energy, if electricity becomes unaffordable, unavailable, you will suffer. You reckon you've seen you've been suffering recently? You wait till you can't afford electricity. And on a fraudulent basis that there's a climate emergency. I say that's fraudulent as well. So lastly, education. What's being taught to children, particularly in government schools in this country, will would make your hair curl if you understood what was happening. And one of the ways that we can push back and preserve the rights of children to be properly educated is for us to take an interest in school councils. Now, when I have five children, I've been involved in school councils for my, my children. I was president for five years of the local school. We must take an interest. Otherwise, government will propagandise your children. Please take an interest in what's happening. If you're a grandparent, you too, you can take an interest in the education of your grandchildren. All right. And lastly, remember that the science is never settled. Do not willingly comply. You have free will. You do not have to comply with what government wants. And the fear porn is starting already around the world you know they're saying to joe biden the president don't go to china because there's an increase in respiratory illness bs in australia they're saying oh there's an explosion of covid i say bs there is no such explosion our job is to get humanity to unite in non-compliance that's why you come to tnt radio to be reminded about the fight for freedom do not comply with 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 evil, corrupt, criminal dictates of governments of politicians. Spread the TNT news. I'm delighted that you're with us. And whilst you're spreading that news, this radio station, remember, choose to be happy. You don't have to wait for life to be perfect to be happy. You can be happy in the midst of your problems. We are meant to be solving problems. Be happy as you fight for freedom alongside TNT Radio and me. Contact me by email, charles at covest.com, and check out my Charles Covest show. I just recorded episode 177. It's available on YouTube, on Rumble, or send me an email. I'll give you the links to it. Now, let me introduce my wonderful guest this week, Beverly Holt, a distinguished health and well-being expert. She is a speaker, coach, and podcaster, best known as the healer of healers. Well, I'm a healer, so I look forward to Beverly healing me. With a career spanning four decades, she's empowered men and women to rediscover their power, passion, and purpose to lead fulfilling lives. Well, that lies at the heart of all of my work, so we are deeply, deeply united here, Beverly. Beverly specializes in guiding heart-centered entrepreneurs and soul seekers towards a more meaningful and impactful life. 
During the COVID lockdown, Beverly successfully transitioned from organizing live holistic events to online weekly wellness circles, offering crucial support and meditation to alleviate stress and anxiety. This in turn led to her building a global community that inspired her to launch My Wellness Spring podcast, a comprehensive online platform dedicated to holistic well-being. And of course, my definition of health is all about holistic, mental, physical, and spiritual balance so that we are whole. Beverly's commitment to meeting the evolving needs of individuals seeking support and inspiration in the face of unprecedented challenge is what is needed. So she's about to launch wellness packages specifically designed to assist first responders and health workers in coping with burnout, stress, and anxiety. And I'll tell you one thing that with first responders, Beverly, that's causing anxiety is there are some 40 firemen in Victoria who can't get their jobs back because still they're imposing jab mandates on these madness. I call on the fire authorities in Victoria to wake up to themselves. Their behaviour is breaching all human rights for these 40 firemen who are smart enough not to have these bioweapons injected into them. So, Beverly Holt, welcome to the Mind Medicine Programme. Thank you, dear Charles, for inviting me and to TNT Radio. I feel very blessed. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. Now, I'm very interested in your journey. How I, I had a conversation with you a couple of weeks ago about how this came about. How did you get into the health game? What was your life story? Because as a kid, you'd had some pretty amazing experiences. Yeah, as I mentioned to you, Charles, but for the listeners, um, my mother was clairvoyant and clear everything, and I was born with that gift. And she told me when I went to school, shh, don't tell anybody, keep your mouth shut, keep her a secret, because back in those days, people would see you as weird and a witch and so forth. Even as I was growing up, you know, meditation and yoga was a bit hippie and woo-woo. So this was a big, um, big leap for me to get into this field. Coming from a medical background, I started my career as a psychiatric registered nurse and a general registered nurse. And um, during my experience, my student experience, I spoke to a psychiatrist and asked him to interview my mother and I because I could hear angels talking to me or what I thought was angels. And um, when you go on a ward full of fully blown schizophrenics who are all talking to God and the angels, um, I just started to wonder. So to appease me, he interviewed my mother and I and um, of course he said we were perfectly sane he was an indian doctor and he said look in india we work a lot with energy and the chakras he said most of my family are into it i don't practice it in psychiatry but you're both very gifted and keep doing what you're doing so I had closed it for a while through various um, traumas and my mother died at 23 and I was angry with who or what I thought was God and just hated him. Hang on, hang on. Your mother died when she was 23 or you were 23? I was 23. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I know it's possible to have a mother die at 23. I could have been a baby. Mm. But yeah, I was angry with who or what I thought was God. Um, 
her father actually died, my grandfather, when she was five years old. And the night before, she woke up screaming, saying the police are here, the ambulance, taking daddy away. And they just thought she had a nightmare. And the following day, at the same time, the police were there taking my grandfather away. So, yeah. And when you spoke about um, children and vaccinations, one of my sisters died before I was born with the whooping cough vaccination. And my mother said the doc died take the two elders up, but not the baby. And he insisted, and my father said, look, you've got to listen to the doctor. And she said, no, 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 something bad will happen if she has the injection. And sure enough, she had the vaccination for whooping cough and she was dead that night. Wow. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a tragic story. And, uh, you know, with the AVN, the Australian Vaccination Risks Network, that was established mm nearly 30 years ago, it's the 30th anniversary of the founding um, of that organisation. There are so many stories like that. And now Philip Altman, a highly experienced pharmaceutical expert, now fighting against Big Pharma, he's in his mid-70s doing some great work, he has called on a halt to all vaccinations until proper, proper safety and efficacy research is done because it hasn't been done. So, Beverly, we've got to go to a break. That is a sad, sad story. And that's, you know, gosh, it, it makes my heart. It, it, it breaks our heart hearing stories like that. And there are many such stories in Australia of parents who have lost children. It was used to be called SIDS. SIDS. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the sudden infant death syndrome. Well, let's give it a name. Let's blame the parents for these jabs that we're putting into these kids. You're on the Mind Medicine Program. My guest is Beverly Holt, highly experienced health and well-being expert. I'm Charles Coves, and we'll be back after these messages. TNT Radio's Kate Shamarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive, and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all, they just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And and I, if, I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying. And it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenagers' brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shamarani on TNT Radio. I'm just gonna do a little voice up. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me and I was trying to figure it out and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old, 
and it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Welcome back. To the Mind Medicine Program. I'm your host, Charles Covest. My guest this hour is Beverly Holt, health and well-being expert of four decades experience. Now, Beverly, if you missed the intro, she ran she runs wellness circles. So tell me about wellness circles. You know, who are they for and how what do you do? They're for anyone who is stressed or going through burnout, anxiety, and for people who are very healthy and are keen to learn about innovative um, revolutionary ideas and techniques. I um, often do a meditation to calm and relax everyone because I find meditation is one of the best ways to tap out of your busy monkey mind and step into your power into your true authentic self as you let all the outside world disappear and just gaze in and i like to call it tapping it into your gps your great personal self and we do a variety of circles and wellness and the meditation could be a breath awareness meditation because breath is so vital to life and yet people take it for granted. They'll pay for cups of coffees and going out for drinks and clothes and so forth. However, when it comes to breath, they don't um, allow themselves the luxury of learning how to breathe properly. You know, 50% of the people who have dysfunctional um, breathing, who are mouth breathers, and they snore. Is that right? Fifty percent of people are mouth breathers. It might be even higher. Wow. Yeah. Breathing. Gosh, I, I hate breathing through my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's really high because um people don't realize it causes all sort of systemic disorders besides respiratory disorders. It causes like all different bowel inflammatory diseases as well. I like to call them disease and, you know, ulcers, you name it and you can get it. And also, you know, because I'm a trained Boteco instructor. How do you spell just, Boteco? B-U-T-Y-K-O, Y-K-E-O. Y-E-K-O, Y-K-E-O. 
B-U-T-E-Y-K-O. E-Y, thank you. Buteco, yes, tell us, good, tell us about that, Buteco. I've never heard about that. I love finding new, I love finding new um, systems, regimes, techniques. Yeah, well, Constantine Buteco was the founder of this method. He was a doctor in Russia, and my teacher, Patrick McEwen, who is the authority in nasal breathing globally, um, he suffered with asthma and he was on Ventolin and other inhalers and medications since he was a very young child. And the doctors couldn't reassure him that it was going to get better and it was actually getting worse. And he was up all night with stuffy sinuses, couldn't sleep, snoring, breathing back and forth the toilet all night because that's what, when we breathe in through our mouth, it switches on the autonomic nervous system, which um, is like the fight and flight response. And when we breathe through the nose, it stimulates the parasympathetic nerves, which calms everything down. But when the war came down in Russia in 1988, Australia was actually the first place for Dr. Bateko to visit. And he worked with chronic respiratory patients in the Mater Hospital in Brisbane. And even though he had remarkable results, which the doctors couldn't achieve, they never continued with his work. And none of them trained with him because breathing exercises don't make money. So, mm. you know, if um, you, the pharmaceutical companies can't get their payments, then in my opinion, that's what's happened and in Patrick's and many others. And also people with oral health issues, like for myself, for example, I was born with a small jaw, overcrowded teeth, impacted teeth, overlapping teeth. And in those days, they just used to whip teeth out. But what the dentist didn't know was when you take out the teeth, your gum shrinks and it causes even more problems. So your tongue is right on top of your roof of your mouth, blocking your nasal airway, blocking your sinuses. So you automatically mouth breathe. And then that leads you to waking up feeling exhausted, lack of energy, poor concentration, lack of focus, and so forth. Like Patrick was told he was a dummy all the time. And I used to have, I don't know how she passed her exams because she's daydreaming all day, you know, because you're focusing on your breath. You can't breathe. Mm. And you know, now in Australia, with so many people suffering with hay fever, if they could learn how to functionally breathe, it would save a lot. When COVID was out, if people could learn to breathe properly, then they would have, one, got rid of the stress because when you functionally breathe in through your nose and out through your nose, and when we breathe slowly and deeply into your tummy, you're calming everything down, like I said, you slow down your rate of breath, so you don't. But, how, but how? Just at that. How do you shift? How do you shift from mouth breathing to nose breathing? Because surely people would breathe through their mouth. Well, sorry, I, I, I've all my life I just can't imagine breathing. I'm I'm, I'm shocked that fifty percent plus of people breathe through their mouth. So, is there a process where where mouth breathers tell us about how that happens? Don't that, 
the know? best the best thing is i don't know if you can see these yes, is stop can. by tape in your mouth so this is something that patrick McEwen designed for himself where you tape it around and you've got the mouth open but most people would use the common micropore tape and you tape it literally across your mouth you start by doing it for one minute five minutes 20 minutes a day and then you sleep with it at night and you fold the edge in so that if you were coughing or you vomiting, for example, you could just pull your mouth and rip it off. It's so quick and easy to do. Like I sleep with it on most nights. Mm -hmm. Brian doesn't like the tape, so he uses one of the tapes I showed you with the hole. And these are safe for children. So I do lots of classes with children because typically globally, children have their adenoids and tonsils out at a year, early age and this is because they're mouth breathing they got blocked airways and all they need to do is to learn how to breathe properly and um, patrick's gripe is that even when they have their tnas taken out none of the doctors globally teach them how to breathe properly so they go back to the dysfunctional breathing and then they um, have more and more different types of infections. And earlier, Charles, you mentioned SIDS, and now they're finding that a lot of babies die close after death from SIDS because their palate is um, purple, like a dark navy blue, and the baby's tongue is up there, so the baby's airway is blocked. And they're finding that the, the baby's mouth hasn't been checked properly. So now this is um, on high alert to, for pediatricians to check. Well, there's also the issue of the number of vaccines. And I bring to everyone's attention, I have conversations with people who say, why are you worried about vaccines? And you as a nurse, Beverly, you grew up similar times to me, I had, and I, I, I test this pe with people in Australia. I say to them, mm. I say to them, how many vaccines did you have as a child? These are people over 40, 40 years of age. And they say, you know, three, four, five or six. I say, I've had, I had four in the first four years of life. And I say to them, under the Australian government immunization schedule, how many vaccines? do does a child in the, have to have in the first four years of life almost nobody has the knows the answer and the answer is 43 43 antigens injected into children now now when i say this to people they are shocked and so and so this whole question of sids and pumping these children with these antigens three four you know triple quadruple vaccines and that's why philip altman is calling for a halt no, not named after you beverly but not a bad mm -hmm. not a bad idea and i say to i say to all those who have not personally suffered from vaccine vaccination understand that pumping these injections into children 43 antigens all you know over that four years plus it becomes about 72 in america i haven't added up the numbers because i'm horrified by the first four years beverly you must 
you must have seen this in your nursing journey. And my question to you then is, do you know anyone who has refused to vaccinate their children who regrets that decision? No, I've had a few friends over the years that didn't vaccinate and they said it was the best decision they ever made. You know, there's a, there's a, everybody, please understand this. For And we might have grandparents listening and, you know, the medical system, Beverly, as you point out, you go to hospital and a new baby is born and then they want to give this baby a hep B injection and a vitamin K. Uh, some 12 years ago, I was helping a lawyer friend on legal strategy, helping p- families whose children were damaged. And that's where the Australian Vaccination Risk Network came into being. And we tried to find out what was in these vitamin K injections. Now, do you just think about the stupidity of this? Because I happen to believe in God. You were angry at God. That God can't make a baby without needing a hepatitis B injection and a vitamin K injection when it's born. I mean, it's just, it makes no sense whatsoever. I totally agree with you. And I think our bodies are the best um, machine on the planet. You know, it's our innate birthright to heal ourselves. If we were born in nature, we'd have no problems at all and grew up in nature and learned from nature and connected to that oneness of all that is. You know, the problem with people today, they're always trying to keep up with the Joneses and You know, we had the Black Friday sales recently and they spent over a billion more than the previous year when they were claiming the media that it would be a lot less because people haven't got the money. And people are like um, impulse buyers, but instead of buying things that they probably never use or wear, etc., it's about um, connecting with the love inside you and seeing the goodness in it inside you it's like a cat knows it's a cat it doesn't want to be a dog if you're in you know the tree knows the trunk is the trunk it doesn't want to be a branch or a leaf and consequently the same with the other parts but with humans we're always fighting to be better and the best and improve ourselves and be seen and be validated for who and what we are instead of just accepting who we are and just letting nature flow through us and guide us. And, you know, I like to say with acceptance, peace comes. Okay, I was about to come to this peaceful space that I get from you. You know, Mm -hmm. a a peacefulness and a calmness. And so that's the sense of these wellness circles, that what you help people to do is to get, is is to find that inner peace. Keep going, but I just wanted to highlight that, that, that if you are at peace and you are calm, you wouldn't say that you've got mental health problems. Would that be a fair comment? I think so. Or in that present moment, you don't have mental health problems. So it's the tools I teach people, and meditation is one of them, is about being able to cope with whatever the universe puts in front of you. Because... There's always going to be change. Change is our only constant. And people die. And income tax. (laughs) Hmm. Yes, my father used to say death and taxes. (laughs) And um, 
Yeah, it's about knowing who you are and being that strong tree. So if there's a storm, you might waver in the storm, but you still stand firmly rooted to the ground. Um, so I want to I want to know how you pushed back because I'm hearing horror stories. I mo- I moderate four global meetings a week. A lot mm-hmm. of doctors. I'm a lot of scientists, researchers. I'm horrified by the nurses who genuinely appear. Who, sorry, who who see, have ceased, seem to cease the caring gene and. And they've bought into the big pharmaceutical model of healthcare. What helped you get out of that model? How did that happen? Well, I believe that we are programmed as young children. When we go to the doctors, we're going to get better. We don't know what's going to happen when we get to the doctor's office, but we know we're going to get better. So as Bruce Lipton who is the genius behind epigenetics. He said, if you take the person out of the stressful situation, you know, 99% of the time, they just heal by themselves. And that's why he stopped teaching medical students because he was finding, take away the stress and you will heal by yourself. And, you know, when we do our training, It's all about what medications we give for each illness, each disease, because I I personally think none of us have illnesses or disease. We're just out of alignment because we're so bogged down with our stress and anxiety and lack or the need of greed for hunger, hunger for power, hunger for finance, hunger for relationships hunger for so many things. And this is where peace and acceptance comes into it. So if you know that your true authentic self is a divine being of love and light, you know, your super creative genius, you will manifest from a higher level and you will create magnificent things far beyond that you ever dreamed of. So in these circles, we cover many different things, whether it's Psych-K, which I'm an advanced practitioner, or Secrets of National Natural Success, which I'm another advanced practitioner, which I ended up doing with William Whitecloud. And we can go in that at depth later because I know we have to take a break. Yes, quite right, Beverly. We do have to take a break. I'm with Beverly Holter, highly experienced health and well-being expert. I'm Charles Coves. This is the Mind Medicine Program, and we'll be back after these messages. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Well, of course, the biggest story in climate right now is Vice President Kamala Harris leaves for the climate conference with the biggest carbon footprint in history. She's heading to Abu Dhabi, or whatever, for COP28 in Joe's place, with hosts under fire for wanting to push oil and gas deals. Do you know why there's so many people there? Because they realize what a scam this is, and they're trying to push oil and gas deals. Anyway, she left, and there's 400,000 people expected there. Now, do you really believe that there's 400,000 people are all interested in eliminating fossil fuels? 
I would say there are quite a few of them, given Abu Dhabi is in the Middle East and there's a lot of oil in the Middle East, that are seeking to do business because they know what a scam this is. And let's see, at its head, Sultan Al-Jabbar has denied reports he's using meetings at the summit to make side deals on fossil fuels produced by the United Arab Emirates. I'm sure he's smart enough to probably be doing that. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if we can't go over to Abu Dhabi, because it's the only weather you got. Internet crimes against children in New Mexico are real. And when it comes to protecting your children, the New Mexico AG's office and the ICAC unit are on the front lines. I'm New Mexico Attorney General Hector Balderas. There's nowhere to hide for online predators in New Mexico. We are working tirelessly using state-of-the-art technology and resources to seek out and find them wherever they are. Please talk to your children about the dangers that exist online, social media, games, and messenger apps. It's always important to know who you're talking to. Help fight online predators in New Mexico by submitting a tip today. Exploring solutions to the mental health crisis. This is Mind Medicine on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Welcome back to the show. I'm Charles Coves, Australasia's passion provocateur, provoking you to pursue your passion. My guest is Beverly Holt, health and well-being expert. And before the break, we were talking about William Whitecloud. So tell us a bit about William Whitecloud, Beverly, and what you learned from him. I read his, I read his book some time ago. And then you're the only other person I know who I know he's done some great work. So tell us about him. Yeah, well, he's on a mission to educate a hundred a million people for free with his trainings. And he grew up in South Africa and his father, for whatever reason, picked on him. And he kept telling him he was dumb, he was stupid, you know, you're invisible, you don't have the capacity to the extent where he he was saying that to his teachers. He got bullied at school. And I think he might have had dyslexia as well. So consequently, he didn't learn to read or write. And then one day, his father pulled him inside and said, look, William, you are so stupid. You're so dumb. And you are a nothing. You're lower than a worm in the ground. You'll have to go to UK, to London, and become a garbage man because that's all you can do. And, you know, he had all these terrible beliefs. So he went to London and eventually ended up here in Australia. He was in Sydney and Balmain for many years and then in Byron Bay. And while he was in Balmain, for 10 years, he got chronically ill and he was dying. He even had a, a religious person come and read the last rites. And his girlfriend at the time, he was living off... Um, Chinese cabbage, boiled cabbage and all disgusting things because he was seeing all the holistics, he'd seen the top doctors. And one day after he'd been read the rites, he crawled from his apartment to the park in Balmain and um, some young guy came to sit by him and he, he would have looked terrible and looked like a tramp because he'd been wearing the same clothes, like sometimes he couldn't get out of bed. And the guy said to him, he was a young kid, I know exactly what you've got because he got it out of him. He didn't even want to talk. And he said, you need to go to the pub and have some red meat, two glasses of white wine, not red, white, 
and every day have a few cigarettes and two or three cups of coffee. And that's like what all the doctors and the holistic practitioners tell you not to. And he thought, oh, stuff it. You know, I'm sick of cabbage. I'm dying. I'm on my way out. I'm going to enjoy myself. So he did. And he um, he healed himself. After a few days, he was feeling brilliant. And what he did, he took the focus off his illness. So for 10 years, he'd taken the focus away. And what I learned from him is your beliefs create your reality. So what you focus on, you believe. And we're actually born with 12. We're not born, but, but between the age of conception to five, we make 12 disempowering beliefs about ourselves. And those could be typically, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not perfect, um, the need to be seen, to be validated. And in my case, I felt, you know, I was a high achiever, but I needed, I didn't think I was good enough. So even if I came top of the class, passed my degrees with distinctions, I didn't think I was good enough. And I also had the need to be perfect. And what is course, and I've done many different courses like this, but what William does, he teaches you whether they're male or female orientated beliefs. He teaches you how to know um, when you're in your stress, because when you're in stress, you're in fear base and you're we spend our life either resolving our tension from resolving our beliefs, which will never happen, or creating from our super genius, which, you know, I teach people, even in those circles, to step into their power and rise above. And the ego is not a bad thing. It's a myth. It's about your vehicle of orientation so you know when you're stressed and then you can choose because everything as a mindset coach, you know, this is a choice. So you make the choice. I like to go, OK, this might be yes. I'm going to leave you there for now or you can jump on my back. But I'm going for a ride above, above on my super creative genius and create a manifest. And that's but here's, it. But here's, here's my question. The 12 disempowering beliefs, and I've, I've coached many people over the years, and there are people with some amazingly negative beliefs. My question to you is, what's one or two techniques? Because the people, you know, people do, they, they consciously know they've got bad beliefs about themselves, but they don't know how to shift that belief. What? How do you help people like that? I've got many tools and one of them, with, with William's work, we do something called a deconstructive process. So we can take them on a journey about, you know, so-and-so did this or, you know, before I met Brian, I, I was very successful in business and I was very happy with my circle of friends, very successful in life, but I could kept meeting Mr. Wrong. And it's only when I realized I was the common denominator and I was attracting these men in my life that were very jealous, possessive and so forth, that I could step in my power and do something about it. So William's um, tools fast track it. And for me, what works as well is Reiki. Reiki 
has been my savior when um, I got physically attacked, a near-death experience. My ex-partner, who was very jealous and possessive, tried to strangle me, and that was a life wakening. And I grew a massive sty on my eye, and the medical center where I was working sent me to a holistic doctor because I just got into the, you know, field of aromatherapy. And they knew I liked um, that approach, the holistic approach. So um, I ended up going to see a holistic doctor who gave me the wrong pre-op and wrong post-op care. And my friend Jackie said, right, you're leaving for Wales on the weekend from Australia. I'm taking you for Reiki. And even though I was a non-believer and was totally against it and thought he was going to the practitioner fall down and hit my bad eye with the sty that had grown like a big marble. A week later, when I was in Wales, someone came to visit and it had gone anyway. And later on in my life, through a busy period when I set up my holistic center in Rose Bay in Sydney, I'd overextended myself financially and in many areas of my life. And I developed cancer in my throat and my thyroid and one each on my ovaries. And the doctors wanted to rush me in straight away. And fortunately, even in my manic state, I was able to say, no, I have to get my head around this. Next week, I'm going to see the British Lions tour in uh, New Zealand. When I come back, I'll let you know. And they the oncologist, gynecologist, and the endocrinologist all pulled Brian aside and gave them his mobile number and said, look, try and persuade her to stay in hospital. And, you know, she needs the treatment, radiotherapy, chemo, and let's see how we go on possible surgery. And, um, of course, I rung my cousin because she's a Reiki master as well in New Zealand. And she said, darling, now is the time for you to walk your walk and talk your talk. And I said, great, that's all I needed to hear to remind me because when you're manic and not eating or sleeping, you know, you're not thinking clearly. So I came back and all my tests because I was like a pincushion. So before, then what did you do to cure, to solve this problem, this dis-ease? I went to New Zealand and I laughed and laughed. There was about 30,000 supporters, and most of them Welsh. There was a sea of Welsh jerseys. We sang, we laughed, caught up with friends and family. I had Reiki every day. I wore crystals, and I did affirmations. We were doing meditations every day, going for walks in nature, because all my family supported me. And on the days in between the matches, we just did something beautiful. And I believe all healing is not just one thing, it's a whole. And as you said, physical, mental and spiritual, I call it PEMS, like the drink PIMS. Mm -hmm. We do a little joke with it. And I add physical, emotional, mental and spiritual. PIMS. And yes. yep. we are vibrational beings. So, you know, when we laugh, we get into that zone. When we breathe in aromatherapy oils, it's like a kick up the backside to ourselves to say, um, get out there and do the work that you're supposed to be doing. And the same with crystals. I wore a lapis lazuli necklace and I had two tiger eye 
crystals, one in each pocket. Because it was rugby, I was in trousers all the time. And yeah, and I went three times every three months for my checkup. And to be honest, I was so stressed, the lead up, like especially that week before you go and have the checkup to see if the cancers come back, I was so stressed. Mm. And then on the third time, my Reiki master, you know, she said, oh, where have you been? And I told her, she went, Beverly, you're in perfect alignment. Just um, don't go anymore. Bury the story. And it was only my close friends and family that knew and the staff because I had 20 staff working at my healing center. And um, I thought, that's it. I buried it. So it's only in the last three years when a lovely Irish friend who had trained in Reiki with me, helped me declutter. And she's seen one of my follow-up letters saying, oh, yeah, Miss Holt is now gained weight. She's back to a normal weight and blah, blah, blah. And we're very happy. And all her markers are fine, you know. So mm. I was the pin cushion, having all the tests. And, you know, so I think that's like, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And my tip would be to everyone, don't rush into making a decision. Even if your blood markers like my liver, kidney, everything was out of whack. All my blood groups were out of whack, um, my oxygen levels. And it's all about stepping back, getting a second opinion if you want, deep breathe. And people are welcome to call me. And I'll and where and and Beverly, where do they find you? Because we're getting close to the end of our time together, sadly. Okay, they can find me on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram. Facebook is my name, Beverly Holt, and Instagram is um, health wellness podcaster and LinkedIn Beverly, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn Beverly Holt, and they can get my email contacts there. Well, it's a, it's a remarkable story, the journey, the the courage, because I'm dealing with a friend of mine, uh, a, a bloke who the oncologists are putting pressure on. You know, you've got to have this biopsy. You know, you've got to worry about this worry, worry, worry. And it's this it's this belief system, you know, that yeah. our medical system could not possibly be telling us bad things. Well, people, yes, it does. And... Beverly is a wonderful example of understanding how we are vibrational beings and this idea of let's cut you to pieces. And I've lost friends who have taken the standard route, Beverly, fit and healthy guys who had their guts cut out rather than, and they're just going, they've just gone, well, you know, that's what the doctors say. Let's, let's, um, let's do what the doctor says. And then when you die, the doctor says, oh, the cancer got her. The cancer got him. No, it wasn't. It was the treatment. Anyway, Beverly Holt, lovely to be with you. We're running out of time. Thank you. Congratulations on your journey. I look forward to being a guest and talking some more with you, exploring these so such important health solutions. And I wish you luck in finding your perfect retreat, everybody. Northern New South Wales, I've got some views. I've got some ideas for you. Um, it's now 
the end of the show. If you have any thoughts for me, send me an email, charles at covest.com. Check out my Charles Covest show on YouTube or Rumble. Have a wonderful week. Practice your breathing. That's going to be my mantra. Practice your breathing and we'll say namaste. Thanks for being on TNT Radio. See you next week. Bye.